It has been two years since the trade galaxy was shaken to its core by the actions of a single, mismatched, multi-species crew. Whatever you think of the heroes of Yentao, also known as the Space Squad, one thing is certain. All eyes are watching for whatever they do next. Last time in the Maelstrom Galaxy, you followed Dr. Marty Bonham into the dark and into the past. She showed you her great discovery kept secret from the Corsairs through quick thinking and a hearty pinch of luck, a secret launch silo where the last survivors of an ancient people gave everything they had to send a warning to anyone who would come after them. You stand now on the floor of that silo. The air still sings with the final moments of those people, still buzzes with their sorrow and their fear and the thin thread of hope that led them to rip apart the fabric of reality above their own heads. What do you do next? Faraday is going to like scan over the notes that Corel gave her and then she's going to look around at the mess and then she's going to sort of sigh and tuck the note back into a pocket to deal with later and then she's going to say, Right, okay. It's time to sort this out. Crick and Schlurp, I'd like you two to look for a way out, please. Aye, aye. And also, if there's any hints of what it is that attacked this place, that would be great. Corel, I think you and Marty should go and look for any hints of sort of society and use your anthropological skills here. I mean, if we can assume that they sent someone in that pod, we need a way to communicate with them. Anything that might remind them of home, of their society, anything that looks important, we probably need to bring it with them, because I think we can assume we're not coming back here. Lorelei, I think you and I need to go and look for any useful tech, maybe look through some of the recordings and see what we can piece together. Does that sound like a plan? Corel nods. Yes, that sounds good. I'm, um, I'm just... Obviously, I don't know their uh, funeral rites, but I'm just organizing some basic funeral rites for them i'll be with you in a minute sounds like a plan who do you want to take first we could roll for it yeah that'd be fun that sounds good yeah just roll a straight d20 the pair with the highest score goes first crick and schlep what was your combined score 15 i rolled a 19 so Uh 34 uh laurelay and faraday i got a six uh i got an 18 so that's a 24 okay I got a four, so... <laughs> oh, I need to roll. Hang on. I forgot about... I got a four as well. So eight. Dad and child got very high numbers. So yeah. dad, child, go first. I'm, can I just do a high five with my child? Of course you could do a high, high five, five with your child. Um, so as I'm just going to confirm my, my orders. Um, so me and Schlurp, go look for a way out, right? Mm-hmm. And try and figure out what attack this place. Yep. Aye, aye, Captain. Away. <laughs> okay, so currently you're on the very ground floor of this gigantic, very tall silo. Um, you're free to kind of look for an exit as you wish. If you just kind of tell me where you're thinking you're going first, you could do some perception rolls and etc. Okay, so there's the main entrance that we came from with like the spirally staircase. Mm-hmm. Like, is there any way to investigate to see if there's another exit out? Why don't we, as a start, we're looking, so we're looking at the way we came in, right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we kind of like we're at the bottom, then we got to go up a staircase, and then we get to the other part, and then there's the fifty-foot hole that Laurel lay covered with rubble. So, I mean, just as a start, like 
If we were to turn around and look in the opposite direction, that takes us towards the room, right? Wait, opposite direction to what? To the entrance we came in. I'm just, I'm just saying, we're so going to roll perception checks. So the just... silo is essentially shaped like a big bottle. Yeah. And you came in through the top and you're currently at the bottom of the bottle. Ah, I got you. So yeah. essentially, like, do you want to look for exits at the bottom of the bottle where you are, somewhere along its height or at the top? Well, let's look at the bottom first. Yeah, we'll go bottom, middle, top. We can just do it like that. Okay, I'll take an investigation check for you to be looking for an exit of some kind. Because it's investigation, like, what what kind of signs are you looking for? So what are the walls made of? Is it like metal or dirt or...? That's a very good question. Uh, it is a fairly corroded looking metal. Okay, so I guess I'm looking for, like, seams or pads... You know, like date, like anything that doesn't like mesh. Yeah, anything that looks kind of weird. I'm looking okay. for a sign that says exit. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> both approaches, both approaches are fair. Go for it. Well, I rolled now one twenty, not natural. Come on! <laughs> not- oh, I'm gonna look for an exit sign. I'm gonna look for simple things. I roll well, it down one. That is. That is beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Not natural, so, you know, Dirty it's, 20. But it's 19 plus 1 investigations. damn it. Slurp, like, is like, okay, we need to look for a way out, and, like, goes and presses himself along the wall, and is, like, knocking and tapping, and is like, maybe this bit of dirt. Crick, meanwhile, just kind of points off to the side, where, obscured behind a partially fallen panel, you can see... Um, a very large sign, which is in a language you don't understand, but there is a, there is like one of the you know like how an exit sign has a running person. Yeah. There's like a sigil. There's like a marking there of like a, one of these beings half in flight, and there's like an arrow. Oh my god! And it's pointing directly beneath it to where like a huge computer unit has fallen against a wall, but you can kind of just make out what might be the top of like a doorway. Okay, this part sounds hollow. If I wrap one, it sounds a bit hollower. A slurp. What is it? I think it's there, and I point to the sign that says exit in another language. Hmm. <laughs> I think that's the exit, because you know it's, it's got a little being doing a running thing, and it's green, yeah, and it's got white yeah. text. Some things are universal, you know. Some things are universal. Yeah, I can see. <laughs> I did really like what you were doing there. That was very investigative. I did so like it. Right, so there's the exercise. You said there was some sort of computer module there? Yeah, so a very tall computer unit has like fallen back against or been knocked against over this opening, which is why you didn't see it before. But you can just make out the doorway, which is obscured by this large bank of monitors and computer tech. Okay, so I guess we should try and move that aside. Uh, Sounds like Let me fire. take care of this. I mean, I can just help you. We can both do it. No, I got this. Uh, Okay. <laughs> I got this, you know, I got this. I'm feeling really confident. Okay, you got this. Natural 20. God damn. <laughs> this is great. I love this. Wow, Crick woke up on the confident side of the bed today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, wait, hey, hang on, hang on. The implication is I'm not always on the confident side of bed. Considering we're in a hole, Crick is doing very well. Yeah. <laughs> Duncan. You friggin' Maybe that's the thing. It. Maybe it's like at the top of the hole, he's weakest, but like at the bottom of the <laughs> hole, that's where he finds his true power. That's why he keeps wanting to go in the hole My to get God. to the power. <laughs> My God, I can't leave. <laughs> I have to stay here. This is the only place. 
Oh, this God. Is the only place I'm competent. No, this, this is, I want to stay in the... So, Crick, with that natural 20... This hole, kind of, it was made for me. You roll up the sleeves of your jacket and you kind of go, no, I've got this. And you go over to the bank of computer monitors. Stop looks incredulous. Just like, they're not going to be able to they do They dwarf this. you. They are like 10 feet high. And you are only... Oh, you're six foot four. You're quite a tall guy. Um, so you kind of brace yourself against the wall and try and like use your arms to like like lever this computer monitor away and kind of you're straining and kind of going and going a little bit super saiyan you manage to push the monitors so hard that they creak for a second and then topple with a huge clang onto the floor of the silo exposing a doorway beyond but with a nat 20 i will say that the door has been cracked open i'm tempted i don't want to push my luck and ruin my perfect score you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna punch the door. I'm gonna punch the door can open. I, can I give them the help action? No, to... no. I have to do this myself. Oh, oh I'm gonna dear. Kick, I, I'll kick the door open. Oh, like dear. I'm kicking it down in like a it's, 17. It's a blast door. I'm gonna kick it open. Surely you should use your metal arm. Okay, I'll make that one concession. 21. God damn it! Yes! This hole is your power! Yes! So you, Thank you! You wind back your metal arm and then lunge forwards to punch open the door. Uh, the door shudders um, again, like in the impact of your fist, leaving a perfect fist dent in, in like the kind of the crack between the two. And then the doors kind of give and start to move. But as they do, you hear a click underneath your right foot, and through the crack of the door, something comes shooting out at you. Oh god. <laughs> Hubris! And I'm gonna say as well, because you punched forwards, I really don't think you're gonna have a chance to dodge this. Because you were literally right in front of the hole. Oh dear. Okay, so a something that kind of something strikes you in the upper left chest. It is bitingly cold and cuts a neat slice through your jacket before shattering and ricocheting off. Shut up, how far away do you think you were? I've, I was probably quite close by. Okay, cool. You're going to take some damage. Oh, fucking ice well. knife. Yes. This knife of ice. You take eight points of cold damage and Crick, you take two points of piercing damage. Oh. Yeah, it's what? not much. <laughs> How do I take more damage? Because all the sh- like the, sh- the ice shrapnel, I guess. Just by the way. Ah. Yeah, Cr- uh, Crick, your beautiful coat now has a bunch of holes in it. I'm pretty sure I'm vulnerable to cold damage. Yeah, 16 points of cold damage. Oh, God. I was looking at my metal arm. and I forgot. It was only piercing, so you're fine. So yeah, it's, it's just Slope who takes double. Oh, God, that's hurt me so much. It's all like studded into and scratched up your beautiful like see-through chest portion. No, my my beautiful body. <laughs> hey, oh, oh, buddy, buddy. Uh, I'm going to use one of my minor healing nanites because I have five of them and I haven't used any of them so far. Do you have one that can be used on a site? Because nanite potions are distinguished. So you have organic nanite potions and site nanite potions. Oh, they are. Split. I've, only, I've only got... Yours will be organic. I think Schlurp does have a site nanite potion. Yeah. I mean, you're it's just like, no, there's no bother taking anything to heal myself. Yeah, I think I like take some, yeah, I think I'll gel. <laughs> I like, I just kind of rub some gel in. I don't know. It's a kind of a jelly like substance that hardens as the little yeah, night gets get to work. Rub, rub. So it's like 44 plus mm-hmm. four, I think. 12. Okay. Okay. Um, after that knife has come out and shattered and caused this, uh, the door just kind of makes a little clunk sound and swings open perfectly. Can we look in the doorway? Yeah, I'll take a perception check. Oh, it had to end eventually. See, I got a dirty 20. What did you get? I got five. 
Okay, well, we'll take Schlurps then. Schlurp, uh, kind of as you're rubbing that gel in, you peer through the open doorway and you can see a, an incredibly long, dark tunnel that slopes upwards at a, 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 not a super steep gradient, but at a decent gradient and you cannot see the end of it. So it's a gradient, so it's not steps or anything. There are no steps in the silo. I think I said it was a ramp. It's supposed to be a ramp. This is a stepless building. Would this something we'd be able to walk on or would it be too slippery? What's the angle of it? It is walkable. And the floor doesn't look slippery or anything. It just goes on and on into darkness. Well, this could be a way out. Uh, who was second? I think it was Lorelei and Faraday because yeah. Marty and Carol got a really shit score. They really did. <laughs> yeah, I stole all their luck. So while Crick and Schlepp have been finding an exit, I imagine, Lorelei, you've been putting together a bit of a, an attempt at funeral rites. We don't really know much about them. Um, but I guess I would have gone up to Faraday and was just like, I'll, I'll be with you in a second. Do you want to help me? Yeah, that sounds like a plan. Um, I was just going to take these crystals because obviously they were important for storage of knowledge Mm -hmm. and, um, sort of place them around the bodies so that they can maybe take their memories with them. That's really lovely. So yeah, I just spend a little bit of time taking some of the crystals off of the floor and putting them around the corpses so at least someone's acknowledged that they're gone. Please know that in the future, someone will remember you. And you will live on, if not in the way you anticipated. And we appreciate your sacrifice. And we promise that we will find that pod and we will take heed of your message and it will not be in vain what do you do next i'm gonna like sidle on over to Lorelei and sort of lower my voice and be like Lorelei. yes they did all of this to warn someone yes and i guess that someone is gonna be us they didn't know it at the time but i think so so my question is what do we do now Open the pod, find out as much as we can, find Tali and try to stop her from becoming completely genocidal fire maniac. No. I mean, I I know, and yeah, that is the plan, but I mean, it seems like this was an entire collection of people, and there's five of us, maybe a handful more. I'm just saying, do we even have the right to keep this information to ourselves? I mean, I understand why Marty wants it hidden from the Corsairs and the power that's down here. But if something is coming, we do need we to need tell to tell people? people? I mean, I wouldn't be comfortable keeping it from my grandmother, if only for the fact that I know she could help. Maybe it's something to worry about once we open the pod, but I don't know. I, I don't think... Ten of us, or however many, are going to be able to stop it. But then do we want to panic people if it's... I don't know. Something for after the pod. Um, A bridge we cross when we come to it. But I do know that I'm not entirely comfortable having the only people who know about it be us and the other uh, main crime lord in the galaxy. 
Why do we know so many crime lords? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know, Lorelei, but you seem to be the common connection. Uh, she wasn't a crime lord when I knew her. I literally haven't seen her since pre-crime lord. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that and you're, you know, the Lady Zenith's favourite. There's just something about you. But anyway. She's just so damn likeable. <laughs> We probably need to go and find some of this tech. I mean, those crystals are incredible. They might even be a way to help us with the problem you just mentioned. If we can encode them in some way, mm. they could be a way to build a resistance without panicking everyone. They set up a defense here, so they knew what they were facing, so there must be some sort of weapon or defense system, and maybe we should go and find it. And while we do that, you can tell me about how you did meet Tali pre crime lord. Oh, okay. Let's go. Okay. You are on the ground floor of the silo. Where are you going to look? I would recommend there was a door, wasn't there, with lots of the bodies that were by it? Yes. So that was kind of what they were barricading. Yes. So I guess it would be safe to presume that, like, if they're barricading that door, they'd also, like, armed that door if that was where they were expecting it to come through. Okay. Yeah, you can go have a look around the body pile and the door. I mean, I think I think I would have moved some of them into like a less haunting position. So the body array. If you're you're looking for something specific, which is technology built to defend or attack, yeah, I'll take an investigation for that specific thing. I will give the help action because my investigation is bad. 16. Okay, with a 16, you kind of step very carefully through this maze of bodies that Lorelei's created um, up towards this door. Uh, the door's edges are have been like hastily like tack welded shut. You can see this kind of uneven seam running all the way around the edge and like there's bits of furniture shored up against it and like large bars like again welded in place across the middle. Underneath some of the scraps of not fabric but scraps of metal and items up where like the bodies were thickest um you find some like big large you can just about make out some large oblong lumps in the dust that look suspiciously metallic well let's start digging this up and you can start story time okay story time how'd you meet i mean the population on Chorus isn't very big. We've known each other since I can remember. Tali is a year and a half, two years older than me, by um, galaxy standard. And because she's a little bit older, she was always that little bit further ahead. Like, yeah. aspirational but unobtainable. Oh, okay. But then she came of age, turned 15... Um, and everyone assumed, including me, everyone assumed she would leave straight away, but she didn't. She waited for me. She waited for me to catch up until I turned 15, and then things took a turn for the romantic. Tell me how. <laughs> Talking about girls. It was my 15th birthday party. Everything was a little bit overwhelming. You've met my grandmother, you know how monumentally large my family is, <laughs> so uh, we don't get together for every birthday, but 15 is important, so the party was just 
throughout the entire village. So, as you also know, I can find the emotions and sentiments of others somewhat overwhelming. So I headed out to a small stream just outside town and my grandma knew where I was going. She gave me that look as I was leaving, but Tali was the only one who followed me and we sat and we talked. She finally vocalized that she'd stayed for me, that whilst she wanted to leave, it wasn't necessarily to find the map. She wanted to experience everything that the galaxy had to offer. She knew there was more and she wanted to find it. And I agree with her. I wanted to experience the galaxy, but with a view to finding the map. We were on slightly different levels, but ultimately had the same, similar goals. But I guess it was doomed as soon as it started because I asked her to wait a little longer because I wasn't ready. I wanted to train more. I wanted to spend more time with my family, learn from my grandmother. She got tired of waiting and she left without telling me. Eight months later, I find I got to know Damini. She's actually from one of the other villages, but she moved to start an apprenticeship. And it was just so much easier. I didn't feel like I was running to keep up or I was always being outshone. As I said, when we were back in the city, it always felt like she was the sun with Tali and after a while that can get blinding so I loved her and in a way I still do but after seeing everything I've seen and after what she did to me I don't know what's next for us I really don't well that's okay you don't need to know what's next as long as you learned from it and you have some good things to hold on to and it sounds like you do. It was a good two years. <laughs> and it led to you meeting Damini. I mean, I don't know, sometimes things seem to work out for a reason. Yes, I think they do. But I am nervous to see her again and I'm going to have to talk to her, try and persuade her that's her rage, letting it out isn't going to help her or anyone because if the dreams that she told the doctor about are any indication or any similarity to the ones that well all of us have been having then she has a connection to this god of fire the one who seems to be leaving only ashes in their wake and as much as I don't agree with what she does now I don't want her to become that. No, of course. Not just for the sake of the galaxy but for her sake too. I think she's lucky to have you Lorelei. Thank you. And thank you for telling me. I mean 
You've got a friendly face. It's very difficult to say no. <laughs> As you say that, uh, your joint hands uh, strike like metal and you manage to heave free from the dust a abs- an absolutely enormous um, metallic object that kind of looks like a blaster. If a blaster was two-handed and weighed more like weighed twice as much as Lorelei does is an absolutely immense thing and as you kind of swipe the dust off it you see a canister near the back that um almost bites your hands with cold when you touch it i think i look down at this giant freezing cold basically personal gatling gun and i'm like this is very cool but i very much cannot carry this yeah it's cool (laughs) shona Uh, so everyone kind of goes off their separate ways, leaving Marty and Carell in the middle of the room near that central console where the pod was. And I'm just going to ask what we're doing because I've forgotten. Is it anthropological stuff? Yeah. Just contextual information. Yeah. Marty turns to you, uh, Carell, and says, I guess we should start looking for things. I mean, you you have more familiarity with the space. I'll follow your lead. So, like, ways to communicate... What else do you think we need? Well, if we could find um, some some writing samples, that might oh, be a, a might point. be a start. We can start maybe breaking them down, comparing them against similar things, see if we, there's there's some link to existing languages. That's a good point. So an uninterrupted piece of tech. I don't think without that Faraday, we're going to be able to like get a monitor online. So like etchings maybe. On yes, the walls? yes, that was my th- thinking. Etchings diagrams just symbols text something along those lines i suppose you think in silo or you're thinking higher up there are a lot of like signs and stuff on the walls on the way down here hmm well let's take a look around the immediate area first okay so are you going to be rolling an investigation to look for the specific these specific kind of etchings and signs on the walls like non-technological writing essentially yeah i think that's what we're going for at this stage Okay, roll me away. Okie doke. Alright, that's a dirty 20. Uh, Corel, you, with your keen, a Pelton, good at the dark eyes and just keen senses, you're able to make out, like, over on the side, Crick knocks over that giant bank of monitors and the dust that swirls kind of dislodges some stuff around the room. And you're very keen and quick to spot a shifting, like, ragged bit of banner that slips and you can see some kind of, like, a tall wall of writing off to the right-hand side of you, maybe about 20 feet away. Well, I'll expect that banner first. Um, the banner is, like... You know how you see really mangy fur sometimes? It's like the f- what's left of the fabric is like mange. It's barely there. It's remarkable there's anything there at all. You can't make out any pigment. But you can just about see like what might have been the tip of a wing from some kind of larger picture depicting maybe one of these beings. And you can also make out another body part which doesn't look like these beings but a little bit resembles that um turtle tortoise large reptilian head that showed up on the console when you watched the video call all right i think as well you can tell the banner will basically turn to dust the second you touch it can i take a picture <sighs> yeah sure thing you can take a picture go look and look at that text now fabulous i think it's quite high up so marty's like 
I'll, she like bends down and is like, I'll give you a boost up onto the console. All right. So I'm taking a look at these engravings, precipitously balanced. Yep. Uh, Marty, while balancing you, kind of awkwardly moves a thumb and activates her watch. And that little bubble of pink light expands and washes over the um, etchings, which kind of makes them a little bit more easy to access. It's not like a magic fix by any means. Like a lot of the letters are too worn for it for anything to work or be made out. But you can kind of see a scrambled mess of writing on the wall now, which is a bit more helpful. Uh, Corel as well, like you've spent so much time over the years, like looking at old information and probably you're probably out of everyone in this group you probably read the most actual organic books and organic writing so you have you have one of the best shots at being able to actually decipher anything from this what kind of role maybe you like history yeah i'll take history that's a good one uh 21 with a 21 you kind of wobble there and peel off this banner and drop it to the floor and are able to kind of look at this scrambled mess of letters and words with that role i will say that you notice some things on two different levels. On one level, the script that's there behind Marty's watch's effect is, it's like a chain of linked ovals. Uh, I would say that the click, it reminds you a little bit of Omu and how their alphabet is also a series of linked circles. But I will say that Corel is good enough at history and languages to think that, to suspect that this might just be a coincidence. It could be a, it, it could be a way of, cracking it as yeah it were, maybe if they've gone along a similar line of logic it might be helpful to look at omu as i would say and then on the other level the actual contents of the writing i think that when you are kind of trying to piece this together you look at it for a couple minutes trying to go muttering under your breath and then you realize this silo was not purpose-built this is a repurposed building because the sign on the wall is talking about ballistic missiles wait how do i know it's talking about ballistic missiles uh, you can make out words that are like danger, launch, weapon, vehicle, like things which aren't present in the silo right now. Putting that information away, um, before getting back down, I think Corel would want to make some rubbings. That's a, yeah, okay. Yeah, you can absolutely make some rubbings from these um, bits of text. Yeah, so pull out pa special paper and... Ooh, la-dee-da, the, the appelter <laughs> with paper. Oh, they're fancy paper. <laughs> Wow. Think about the trees, Corel. You've, Paige, you've established the... Paper's expensive, yeah. this is true. You've established that. But Corel's a fancy bean. I don't know if it's literally paper, but it's something I can make a rubbing on. I don't know. I feel like Corel would have paper. It's very important. They seem like the type. Right, so I'm going to start making those rubbings. Do I need to roll for this for this Ooh, at all? I'll take a straight dexterity check to balance and do this. Okay. Uh, 11. Okay. With an 11, your your technique's a little bit haphazard because you're kind of wobbling in this bizarre position on Marty's hand. I'll say that um, you managed to get quite a fair chunk of the text, um, especially the stuff around the bit that says warhead, um, but you rub a little bit hard and the metal under your hands kind of like cracks and crumbles a little bit. And then a big sheet of it falls away down onto Marty, who like coughs, but manages to kind of stay where she is holding you upright. The metal has kind of crumbled away to expose a sheet of just rock. And there's something on the rock. What is it? There are more etchings on this stone, but they are almost worn flat. And they're a little bit artistic, a little bit handmade. This etching on the wall... You can almost see like tiny handprints as well. There's, there's, there's something much older behind this silo. 
There are, in our world, certain places that seem to draw on the strange. Tragic news on this, the first day of school in Chillhaven, as a local teen has been found dead, under what authorities are describing as mysterious circumstances. The unusual. So sleeping is difficult, because I don't blink, so... Oh my god. The monstrous. (laughs) And then he vomits out his whole skeleton onto his desk. What? And when you are a hip, young teen coming of age in one of these locations. So I'm like walking, trying to like subtly unzip my hair out of my backpack. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you are an aspiring scientific genius. What do they fluctuate, Zeke? Molecules? A burgeoning telekinetic. I think you have telekinetic powers. That's so specific for you to say right now. Um. <laughs> or a social media influencer. And she took a and she took a selfie too, and she put glass their fake glasses. <laughs> Your safety is not guaranteed. Why do I keep being made to look at things that shouldn't be? <laughs> In these dangerous times at Chillhaven High. Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High is a real play radiophonic supernatural teen drama. New episodes every Tuesday. Follow us everywhere at Chillhaven High. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm. That is unexpected. Well, like, come down here. We can look together. Yep. Crawl down. And um, she kind of leans up next to you. Marty's like a very forthright person. She just kind of like accidentally elbows you so she can get a better look. Like, it's not malicious. She's just like, I want to see the knowledge. No, no. Corel gets it. <laughs> Does Corel take damage from it? No, <laughs> no, they're fine. Um, and Marty like is just starts to get really excited and then kind of hops out the way and is like, look, look, look. Looking. Okay. You see, um, you're right in front of it, so I'm not going to make you roll. Uh, you see... What can only be described as perhaps the remnants of some kind of ancient mural? You can see little tiny depictions of the beings who um, died here, like artful depictions of them standing around. And like you can see a disc, a bright green disc, which has dotted lines running away from it in a web. And she goes, Corel, it's, it's a star map. Corel just has to take a moment to confirm this because that's that's a big deal um yeah um as far as you could tell like it shows what seems to be a planet with dotted lines running off to things that look like stars and have uh, smaller rings with other discs on them which is interesting because this kind of looks like a cave painting so those two things don't seem to it doesn't make sense just one thing to clarify for Corel. Mm. When the term star map is being used here. Yes. Looking at it, does this look like a star map as in these people were excellent astronomers and and had charted the heavens quite nicely? Or is this something that could only been created by an interstellar species with an understanding of interstellar travel? That's an excellent question. And I'm going to answer with something infuriating. Wonderful. (laughs) That's wonderful. Yeah, that's DM. (laughs) <laughs> this looks like an astrological star chart, but they seem to know what planets are orbiting other stars, which is something that is impossible to know unless you're interstellar. Is that frustrating? That answers the question, does it? Well, no, it doesn't. It doesn't answer the question. It says they know a bit of both. Oh, I see. 
It looks like it's it's almost like they were a pre-interstellar people who somehow With knew inter- something who would be given yeah, interstellar, interstellar knowledge. Oh. Huh. You know how in astrology sometimes well a lot of the time stars are used to put together pictures. Yes. So some of these dotted lines join together stars that don't have planet rings around them to form pictures. And as you're kind of looking up at this wall, trying to discern it, there's a pattern up near the very top left involving just five stars. And you know the shape they make because it covers one of your arms. There's just a moment where I, where Corel looks at that, then looks at their arm, and they are, for lack of a better term, go bug-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> are you all right? Uh, I suppose that's a few points in the uh, fairy tales column. What do you mean? Means, uh, <laughs> Dr. Umi may owe you a few apologies when we get back. <laughs> uh. I'll uh, hold him to it. And she kind of peers, like follows your eyes up and looks down at you and is like, Ah. Yes, that's a, that's a whole other thing. You told me before, like... You saw, you see things sometimes. Sometimes. See, I wasn't entirely truthful about my reaction to learning that. I've I've never seen anything and like I've always believed like I've believed in interstellar travel but like you know, some things are more like fairy tales. But that symbol, the one on your arm. Go on. This isn't the first place I've seen it here. There are other charts like this you found. I've never found a star chart, but it's it's weird. Um, it's normally accompanied by like this um this being, and for a long time I thought this was the this was the people of this planet until I found like more of these little guys. And she points it at the nearest pile of bones. And then she like taps at her wrist computer, and then she kind of turns it and points the tiny screen at your face. And in that screen, you can see a couple of the tiny bird-like people floating in the air next to a giant carapacean with a hunched back and an enormous horned head, a little bit like a stag beetle. And that symbol is float like emblazoned above that being's head. Corel doesn't give a a visible reaction, but there's a lot going on internally. How common is this? The symbol. The figure, the symbol, all of it. I... it's normally more in like hidden places. It appears in older stuff and then there's like a lull and then there, and then it appears a lot near stuff like this which is from near the end I imagine. Corel turns back to the star chart, takes some pictures, takes some rubbings, both. And it is then starts to actively try and break away at the metal. At first, a delicate process of getting the information visible. Then there's a, a deep intake of breath, and then they start clawing at the metal. Did anyone else notice this? Not pretty- yet, I would say, because I mean, you guys have all made a lot of noise. Yeah, <laughs> you're all digging and scraping things. Yeah, I punched a door. Um, I will take a strength check. No, um, an athletic, sorry, my bad. To, like, scrabble at this bit. Okay. 18. 
Hey, with an 18, you scrabble with your digging claws and you manage to shear away pieces of metal and start yanking it along the side of the silo, ripping away the, like those words of warning about what the silo contains. And the mural extends beneath it. And you could see more of those tiny winged beings. And about five feet on from that section you'd accidentally exposed, you see, like, you pull away a piece of metal and you see a large black, like, clawed foot. And then you pull away another piece and you make out the bent back of that same giant figure. So is, is the whole figure revealed at this point? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you reveal the whole figure and it is indeed that same gigantic carapation being. I will say there's one added detail. This figure is bent down towards a crowd of those tiny winged beings and the being is like holding out something down towards them and it is a tiny black leather book. <laughs> Duncan looks so done. Corel starts going for the messenger bag and is looking for the fragments of the shadow book that they managed to salvage. I will say that as you look for the fragments, I would now like to pull in the rest of the party, if that's all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This feels like the time. So they're, okay. they're probably like, oh, Corel's kind of just ripping things apart there. Yeah, you could, like, Corel is like going, into, going in at their bag, like rifling through it, trying to pick up the little pieces of the shadow book. And yeah, the rest of you now notice this is happening and the giant mural that's now been exposed. Oh, um... Hey, Corel, what's... Have I found the, the pages yet, Paige? <laughs> you find whatever you manage to save of the shadow book. So like bits of burned paper and the black cover. Means something. It means something. Corel, what, Corel, what is that you just pulled out? Corel waves the hand for a moment and uh, tries putting the paper up against the where the book is. Um... Yeah, we are getting a bit Pepe Sylvia now. <laughs> yeah, you, you are literally, literally stapling pieces of paper to the wall and drawing connections between them and saying, "Look, look." So, can I talk about the? Can I talk about the figure, guys? Can I talk about the figure? I've been dying to talk about the figure with you all day. The scrap of the cover that you hold up—it's kind of hard to make out because the mural is old. I had one. With, I had a bit with the with sorry on it as well. Okay. Um, you can't see any writing on this book. You're seeing it side on. So there's no writing to compare it to, I would say, but you can see like a sliver of the paper and like the paper is unlined and you can see uh, like a, maybe the tail of a letter and that has like a similar shape. On my paper? Yeah, like the tail of the sorry, like the, the tail of it is similar to the tail of another letter you can just about see, but it's quite unclear because there's not very much writing. Like, there's no writing fully exposed. Something, something. More paper, more etchings. <laughs> so, more pictures. Do you have any scraps of the cover? I would say. Krell grabbed whatever scraps they could get. I their would hands say on. that maybe you have like a, a less than a postage stamp size piece of the cover, and this, like the cover of your little shadow book, was not entirely plain. It was covered in a very, very, very faint, tiny swirl of pattern. Uh, which you can only really see when you hold it up to the light. And you hold it up against this mural, and you can just about see that there's some kind of pattern on the mural, but it's quite hard to make out. But, Corel, I think your gut tells you that this is the same book. I'm leaning over to Marty, like, do you have any idea what's going on here? 
I think it's something a bit bigger than what I was thinking we were going to find in the silo. Corel is just <laughs> expecting every bit of this thing for any symbols, anything, any bit of information. Corel, do you need some help? Because you've just been kind of going a bit crazy for a minute there. Can I roll an insight check to see if I understand what Corel's so excited about? Yeah, actually, yeah. That's Can fair. I try that as well? See what they're feeling. Especially because yeah, sure. I want to see what happens if I roll really badly. Uh, nine. Corel's fine. I rolled an eight, but with a plus nine to insight, that's 17. Okay. <laughs> Come Shlep. on, Paige. I know I know. Corel's not fine. I just don't know what the problem is. You don't really is. get what it is. <laughs> Shlep, you will get a vibe of what Corel's feeling. So, Duncan, what is Corel feeling? What's your, Corel, what's your vibe? Okay, so I think the first thing you'd get us said, this is not so much excitement at this stage you're getting off, Corel. This is desperation. Oh. Uh. You get the sense Corel is trying to make connections between... They are desperate to find meaning here. I think that is the big thing you're, you're getting. Can that. I make some sort of check to see if anything in this relates to what I saw in the library? I don't know. What kind of check do you want to make? Um, it's the guy. It's the guy. Um, like, that's all I can tell you. I'm being frank. Like, it's the guy. Could I do a perception check to see if... Because you said there were other constellations that they... Yes. Like, is there one that looks like a circle? Because Schlurp's core is covered in little green circles. Oh, yeah, those are exposed at the moment. Yes. Yeah, you can do a perception check for that. That's a very good ear. That's an eight, but plus 13 is 21. You inspect this mural. Lorelei, you don't see a circle. You see three other symbols on this mural there's one which looks a bit like a trident there's one which looks like a spread wing and then there's one which looks like a coil like an s with a coiled bottom half Corel is very obviously occupied can i go up to faraday and sort of just pull on her sleeve like a small child um <laughs> And go, like, obviously this beetle man is what has got <laughs> Corel doing what they are currently doing. Um, but there's other symbols on this mural, and they don't match Schlurp's green circles, but do they match anything that you've seen? Is Lorelei trying to be quiet with this? Uh, no, but she's just sort of assuming that Corel isn't paying attention. This word symbols would cut through. Can I do a perception check? <laughs> yes. Corel's like, symbols! Symbols! <laughs> Can't believe we're still in this hole. Fifteen. I can. You hear the word symbol. Like a dog hearing symbol. the word bone. Bah! I, I just don't know. Where? Um, there, there, and there. So we've got a trident, a curly S... And what looks like maybe a wing? I must make rubbings! <laughs> that is exactly what Crow does, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> does anyone else recognise these? Uh, Dux Bonham, does, um, do any of these relate to other things that you've seen? She nods and says, I've seen the trident a couple times, but not as often, and I've never seen the other two. I mean, tridents in Earth mythology are... Related to water, I read a book about it when we went to Cornwall. 
<laughs> yes. Oh, yes, the Space Squad's infamous between between seasons holiday. I enjoy how Jess is the one who is the one who's just like I'm gonna. People gonna have to know about Cornwall. <laughs> As a Cornwall resident, <laughs> this is in character. I I, I am actually from London. <laughs> I can confirm. Yes, that is uh, the his. Hysteria. The famous Cornish, the famous Cornish god of the sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I invoke library powers? You know the things I got in the library. I will let you make a history check. Yeah. Uh, twenty-one. Okay. Thought Shirt didn't read that much, but okay. <laughs> I re- hey! I'm down. Ironically, this doesn't involve reading. Interesting. <laughs> I don't read. I'm not a nerd. You have seen the trident symbol once. Okay. You saw it. You've never seen, you never saw Kavoris have a visitor in the library, but that doesn't mean there was nobody else at all in that realm. And I would say that you've seen this symbol before on the back of a cloak Kavoris brought in with him one time. Uh, I've, if it helps, I've seen the symbol before. Quail's head snaps back. <laughs> I mean, I don't know much about it. Um... Quirrell's head snaps back to the edge. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how much are we, will- uh, are we willing to say with, Ma- with Marty Bonner nearby? No offence to you, you seem absolutely lovely, but we have some weird stuff going on. I think we're past that point, Schlepp. Okay, okay, cool. Tell him if everything. You're sa- if you're saying things pertaining to my research, I want to be here for all of it. Yeah. You'll have to kill me. <laughs> okay, cool. So when-, so when I met this big bug god... Oh no... <laughs> Okay, so when I was in when I was in the library and I was seeing Kavoris, the bug god, that guy over there that Karel's currently obsessing over, at one point Kavoris came in and he was carrying a cloak and that symbol was on the cloak. That's about it. So but clearly it's some it's something god related, I guess. Six months. Six, just under it. Six months. Six months. Do you remember the color of the cloak? You would know that the cloak wasn't his. Because it was no way, in no no absolute no way, it would fit him. Okay, new plan. Did you guys find an exit? Yeah, yes, we did. We found a big old ramp. The door was trapped, but I think we set off the trap, so it should be cool now. I had a good time. I punched a door. Okay, so we've got an exit. We're not coming back here, ever. I imagine. We have, let's say, an hour. Uh, Corral, maybe you and Schlurp find. Anything about the symbols. Okay, what else do we need to do? What else do we need to do? Um, I'm going to go through the recordings and see if there is any record of what happened, if anyone would like to join me. And I forgot the rest of my plan. Okay, here's what we need to take with us. Big cold gun. Any technology or crystals that we can. As many pictures. Everyone needs to take pictures. And if someone could find a way to take one of those bodies with us, where I can use magic, that would be great. Because we're getting some fucking answers. Mm. And, Corral, if you and Schlurp can't figure it out, it, it looks like this person, this figure was important to these beings, so I will ask them directly myself as soon as we are not going to break reality to do so. Corral hasn't actually stopped working through this, but you get a... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to go with Faraday, but also from a anti-mechanics point of view you only need the skull oh excellent let's take a few leone i'm mm. afraid you're not exactly shaking the image of necromancer here you're walking out with your collection of skulls <laughs> <laughs> we're all 
carrying skulls. It's fine. Well, how many are we going to take? Like 50? Well, how about I deal with the skulls and <laughs> Crick and Laurelie go and look at the tapes and maybe Marty can come yeah, with yeah. me. This figure on the mural that we could see giving knowledge to these people, this was the being that you saw in the other place. Yes, that's him. And he's on this mural and that mural is thousands of years old. Yes. So it seems to me that Kavoris has been visiting successive civilizations and giving them knowledge. And I think probably knowledge of magic, given how entangled Kavoris seems to be with magic. Knowledge of the stars, perhaps. Possibly. Hmm. I guess uh, we'll wait for Corel to finish their feverish studies before we... Yeah, I'll, ch- I'll try and get something out of them. Anyway, oh. let's go find history. Okay, so you have that recording that you already played once. Um, you've got that same bank of computer monitors. You could try throwing a couple crystals into sockets and seeing what you get. Yeah, let's just jam them in there, guys. Uh, can I do a computing? Would it be yes. computing or medineering? I will take medineering mm, in this case because it's physical. 18 plus 5, 23. Your keen eyes are able to spot a couple of crystals that may have fallen out of sockets and you're able to kind of match them back to their sockets. I think that out of all of these hundreds of crystals on the floor, though, you probably only spot three that you think you might be able to match to a socket. I pick each of them up and I'm like, okay, number one. Wait, we're going to need Marcy to be able to understand. Could you um go and get Dr. Bonham, please, Crick? I walk over. Yep, she sees you and then we'll just follow you over. Uh, awesome. Crick, could you be the other one to touch the crystal with me, please? Cool. I put my hand towards the crystal, mm-hmm. ready to touch on command. Yeah. You touch it together and, Boop. like before, an image like crackles to life. Uh, this one hasn't been repaired by Faraday, so it's much more distorted. But I will say that you're able to see what seems to be at first just a long list, like whizzing past. But then like the list kind of zooms in a bit more and you can see tiny thumbnail photos of these feathery people and it seems to be some kind of list of individuals just flying past at great speed like hundreds of thousands of um, what must be names casualty list probably yeah take that one out next can i attempt to in some way fix this one i know i'm not faraday but yeah you could roll medineering to see if you can try and polish it up a little bit and connect some of the dodgy wires 17 Okay, with the 17, I'll say that it won't be perfect, but it will be better. Go ahead and put the old crystal in the socket. Um, So, yep, you do it together and another image pops up. It's a 3D projection and it's kind of weird because it looks like it's just a projection of a wall and like a couple seconds tick by and then you see like a tiny spot of movement at the bottom of the projection and you realize that the scale of this wall is like the size of a skyscraper because that little dot is one of the feathery beings and then suddenly the wall kind of ripples and warps and then the wall disappears and behind it is a whirling fissure and through that fissure you can see a patch of bright whiteness, like a jump gate, but raw. And it's just on the ground somewhere in this footage. So I'm guessing that I look up at the 
fissure and just sort of nod my head towards it, is what would happen here if we weren't careful with it. The seconds tick by and you're about to kind of let go and pull the crystal out. And then that white patch spreads open and there's a rush of orange and eyes and hands and then the recording stops. Guessing that was our fire monster. Terrifying, otherworldly, lots and lots of eyes and hands or just two eyes and two hands? This one is multiple. Oh, lovely. Next crystal. I'm going to attempt to fix up this one as well. Okay, roll me a metaneering. That is a natural one. Oh no! Oh no! You you think you've kind of fixed up the the wires a little bit. I think you see like the opportunity to maybe give it a bit more juice so you get a bit more clarity and you lean on the crystal with Crick. For a split second, you see a holographic image of a city beneath a brilliant blue sky. Uh, you see like rolling hills covered in lush plant life. Uh, you can see birds, you can see towering spiral-shaped skyscrapers and structures and bridges, and then it's gone. Oh, God! That was, like, the worst one to break! Is the crystal still intact? It's smoking. Oh. I'm going to remove all four of the crystals mm. um, and keep them. Then I am... Oh, Faraday's doing something. Crick, Dr. Bonham, would you... Perhaps go over to Faraday and see if you could swap jobs. I know what she's doing is incredibly important, but I think I'll need need her help because I'm thinking if we could take the right pictures here and maybe scavenge the right tech, we could make a facsimile of this back home. Yeah, I'll swap happily. Uh, sure. Will Faraday accept an exchange? Yep. Okay. Do I get to fix the things? Oh, yes. Fix the things. 25. Okay. With the 25, I... What is it exactly you're trying to do? You're trying to, like, see if you can learn how to replicate this stuff? Yeah. I was basically just thinking, can we take pictures of the parts that we can't take and then take all the parts that we can to maybe recreate it? Okay. So you can definitely take some of the crystals. Like, absolutely. With that role, you can get a decent grasp on the beginnings of understanding this and record the information to review later. So, who's next? Me. Yeah. But it's okay, I just wanted to pick up some skulls. Yeah, you can do that. There's loads of skulls around. Um, I would like to note that I'll probably take some from... So, was there a skeleton that was by, like, the crystal player? Yeah, there are two. Yeah, I'll take them. Probably someone who's near the front of the blockade by the door... And someone further towards the back. Right, so you get some skulls. Who's left? Is it just Schlerf and Karel? Schlerf and Karel working on the symbols, and Karel's being a bit... Karel is zoomed in on those symbols. Getting my etchings in, um, taking pictures. Could I do a history check just to think of all the, my knowledge of various cultures and all possible meanings of these possible symbols? Could I could I roll for that? You can can I somehow give them the help action for that? No. Okay, then. I just don't see how Schlepp would know anything useful for this. That's uh, only a 12. Okay. That kind of makes sense, though. Yeah. Uh, with a 12, I think that you've seen similar symbols around, but these symbols are vague enough that you can't be sure of anything. There are, there are like a dozen meanings for each of them. Yeah, you look at the trident and you're like, well, that could be anyone. <laughs> like it'd be from anyone's culture like they're all a bit too vague to be immediately recognizable 
All right. I think one more roll just to make sure I've gotten, I've found everything that's worth noting in, in this area. Okay, go ahead. So investigation again? Yeah, investigation. That's 19. Yeah, with a 19, I will say that there's really not much else. You've picked this bit, of the, you've picked the silo clean. All right, I gather up papers and I start putting them away. Okay, so I understand that you, like, this has been, this is a, a thing for you at the moment. I'm talking to Corel. And Corel's not saying anything. I wanted to say, sorry for me, I am hardly one to criticize people for making what may appear to be stupid decisions. What a backhanded apology. What appeared to be. By the, by the sounds of it, you did actually get some really useful information about that. And also... When you I say just... that, Corel actually, whatever they're doing, they rip the paper slightly. I'm going to ask Faraday to talk to you, because clearly I'm not, I'm not succeeding here. No, keep going. <laughs> 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 I want my Corel and Slurp dynamic. Oh, God. Get I out of the hole. I want to see it's what time happens. time to leave the hole. It really is. <laughs> Please. Um, I think Please. that uh, that rip, Corel just walks off. Well... <laughs> Okay, yes, let's fuck off out of this hole, up the ramp. Thank God. With the cold gun. No, I don't want to leave the hole. I've got great rolls down <laughs> Get here. Get out of the fucking hole. We're getting out of this, we're going out of this ramp, out of the hole. Slurp's just dragging Chris yeah. by, his, by his legs. Come like, on. No, I don't want to leave. We need to leave. I love the um, hole. The hole looks How leave. are we going to destroy it? Corel, do you still have that bomb? Hey, it's Paige Dolby Evans, your game master, host, and resident dog person. I just wanted to say that the Junket podcast wouldn't be possible without the talents of the lovely people behind the characters. That's my wife Leonie as Dr. Faraday Zenith Lewis, Duncan as Corel, Elle as Captain Mitchell Crick, Shona as Schlurp, and Jess as Lorelei Widewanderer. Our show is powered by a modified version of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. To learn about the custom rulings, mechanics, and aliens that make our game possible, you can visit our website, thejunkitpodcast.com, or just ask us on Twitter at thejunkitpod. Lastly, if you're both willing and able, you can support the show over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thejunkitpodcast. That's all from me. See you in a fortnight.